I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome to the Darren Randolph Experience, uh, live on Red Army Radio. I'm joining the Board Breakdown podcast with Johnny, Dana and Elliot. Um, thank you very much for joining us, as always, guys. Um, but let's chat about Millsborough Football Club. Millsborough now four unbeaten in the championship. They beat Reading one goal to nil on Saturday. A goal from Neymar um, to give Millsborough the, the very important three points. Um, Elliot, I'm going to start with you this week. Um, look at that. The fear in your eyes. Um were you happy with the performance Saturday? Good 1-0 win? Um, sound like Steven Gerrard there. Um, but <laughs> please don't We're start again. Um, no, I, I thought it was a half-decent performance. Um, I thought there was those periods where you know we definitely could have conceded, um, as you alluded to there with the Darren Randolph experience. Um, and I thought it's got we, a ring to it, doesn't it? It's got a really good ring to it. Yeah, um, but I thought... You know, there's still that sloppiness um, in defence. I think going forward, we created some good opportunities. Um, the goal was a bit, you know, it wasn't the most uh, beautiful goal to watch, but you know, nonetheless, very good win. Something to build on. Four and beaten in the league. Um, there's a good performance against. I thought a, a pretty decent Reading team. So oh, yeah. fair enough, um, Dana. Um, Callum from si- Callum in Siberia from the Tile Earth End um, <laughs> didn't enjoy his, his Middlesbrough. Well, his Millsborough stay at all. Um, he said it was nothing, and when we've been speaking to him, he's actually been quite funny about it. But um, do you think Reading were a bit unfortunate not to come away with a point at the weekend? Because, you know, it wasn't really the best performance for Millsborough, and they had quite a lot of chances, and if it wasn't for Big Daz, it might have been something different. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a fairly even game, to be fair. The first half in particular, I thought it was two teams trying to play kind of possession style trying to fill each other out a little bit and getting the ball along the floor and create chances through open play um I mean to be honest if it wasn't for Randolph it wouldn't have been 1-0 Borough um we'd be lucky to come away with a point let alone three so um yeah I think they they could feel a little bit hard done by I mean that first save was was something else from 
No, it was the second one, wasn't it? From the from the header, I thought, wow, that's that's going in because I was pr- pretty much the the perfect angle for it. Um, when you look at the replay, I'm pretty much where the camera is, and I thought that was in. It was unbelievable. Said, what do you think the third surf by Leo? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was, that was absolutely brilliant no, I've never known that the Borough match could have a comedic edge to it like yeah. honestly it was every so week funny. I wait for him to just like wind up the other other coaching staff <laughs> I love it I actually notice this when uh, every time one of the opposition coaches goes towards the fourth official you, from out of nowhere you just see Leo storming over just mourning all around the corner anything. like Randy Orton yeah honestly <laughs> I've missed Leo just, yeah. just for that yeah, just for that. I know, but it's it's hard to take him seriously though. I imagine like now, like he's trying to coach you and stuff. But you just think, oh well, you've just tried to dive on top of the players and be laughing at that, like and right up. Obviously, there's a picture actually. There's a picture, and all you can see is Ainsley Pears like proper laughing at it in the background. <laughs> it's amazing. There's some of the reactions are priceless. He's probably got a carpet burn in his arm for for that. <laughs> it was some save, like some dive. I know, but in terms of the actual performance itself, I thought it was. That first half was absolutely abysmal. Mm. Do you think? Honestly, I thought it was God, ordinary. I, I wouldn't was, have said yeah. abysmal. I thought it was awful. I, I don't know. What, I, I feel like I'm such a pessimist now because I just mourn all the time. You've taken my seat. I know. I, 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 I was quite, bad. I've quite literally taken your seat. No, there yeah, wasn't. We've swapped. I know, but there um, wasn't a lot of quality. I, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I don't so know whether static. we. I don't know whether we. Definitely not last year, but I think obviously. Years previous, I think we've been used to seeing some good football, and the championship is notorious for not having a, a great, you know, level of football um, unless you're one of the, the better teams. Um, but it was just kind of drab to watch at times, um, and I think it does come to what kind of Dana said of you know, the, I guess both teams are trying to feel each other out, and it we quite evenly matched to be honest. Um, so kind of you need those wins though, to be honest, because oh, yeah. like yeah. if you're kind of cruising and you're falling up, falling up. You kind of get a little bit complacent, and I think that once you kind of grind, grind out these victories, it's a throwback to like under I talk ranker where we had that spirit because you need to count on everybody to get the three points in the bag, and thankfully we did that. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say in terms of like the performance wise, like the reason why I was saying it was rubbish was just like if you watch Mills replay now, it's like once if someone's on the ball, like say Dale Fry's on the ball, um, Dale Fly is on the oh, ball, he's on the ball, right? He, he looked up. And everyone's just stood still. Like if you watch the Mills was like actual general player now, it's like everyone's back to goal and they're just not moving. It's like yeah, yeah. it's I'm like we're trying to play this possession style football and no one's yeah. moving it. Has to be pass move, pass move, pass you, move. You can see a lot Bring of them are still very frustrated with it, um, because there's nothing on when they have the ball, they're looking for options and it's not there. And I, I feel like especially where it happens is in the centre of midfield. I feel okay. like they drift wide far too often and then there's nobody there in centre to pick it up. And if we lose the ball, and it happened a lot on Saturday, um, John Swift just had the room to just drive centrally because everyone had just... I mean, McNair always goes to the right. Um, Wing was weirdly... It looked like he was playing left-back at times. Yeah, I noticed that right at the beginning. He went left-back, And Clayton drops far too deep sometimes and he's pretty much the third centre-back. So it was kind of leaves this massive hole. Mm. Um, I don't know, there's still... Areas I think which of coaching that need to be ironed out and hopefully will all um, kind of become apparent. But it's at the moment there's still um, you were kind of saying last week about in transition that you know there's still bits that are missing. Um, but it's good to get the wins on the way as you're still kind of working on it. So not borough related, but I was really impressed with Norwich at the weekend against Man City. Um, if you if you break down their play 
I think it was the, I think Gary Neville did it on Monday yeah, Night Football. Yeah, 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 he did. Unreal. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know what? If Millers can play like that, well, if we've got a philosophy to play like that in the future in the next couple of years, I'm more than it's happy. It's the rotation in midfield, though, isn't unreal. it? And Absolutely we don't unreal. have that. No, we're afraid to go past the halfway line at times, yeah. and it frustrates the hell out of me. But like the way they're able to bring players in and expose the space and I thought it was really good I really, I was really impressed with it but in, in a formation like ours and the style you're trying to play the three centre, central midfielders have have got to yeah, be your, your, back, your backbone of it mm-hmm. um, any 4-3-3 three, three that you've seen over the years the three centre midfielders are all unbelievable and I think at the moment the only one that's been really good is, is McNair the other two have been kind of Subpar. Well, Clayton's um, good in the job that he does, isn't he? But it's yeah. it's what Johnny said last week. He got a little bit of stick about it on stick. social, but like, it's, being honest. it's the quickness for me. You you mentioned the pace for me. It's the quickness of mind to like spot the ball. And somebody said to me um, that it's. I think it was Simon, one of our listeners. He said that it's like the movement, and and that's exactly it. But I think Clayton as well. Because you said it last week, there's been movement where like people have moved out of position and like kind of opened themselves up for for the ball to be passed to them, hmm. and we're just not getting it to them yeah. quick enough. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. To be honest, I was just going to add to it, but you pretty much nailed everything I was going to say. I think for me with Clayton though, um, and I kind of agree when he is doing what he's supposed to do, he can do it well. Um, but I've been kind of since. Even before, be even be, even before you kind of um, spoke about it last week, and then, and then we put out the tweet about it, I've been kind of trying to look at him when he's not affecting play. Just trying to look at what he does when you know when we're on the attack or it's you know on the wing, and just trying to watch what he does. And it, it just baffles me sometimes that he seems to be marking our players or marking empty space. Um, and there's a lot of times where I think like he's a combative, midfi- combative midfielder. I, th- I think he should be marking the someone who's playing the central attacking midfield position. Um, and that's why I think how was John Swift allowed all that space? Mm. Surely he'd be the one that yeah. was picking him up. I can disagree um, with you a little bit in terms of, like the man marking side of things because if a number ten will sometimes have to drop into centre midfield and then take Clayton out. Mm. But what Clayton's job is really is just to cut the line passes and then break up the play and start us again, really. But when Clayton gets the ball, he, he has to look up and then see the players that are moving in front of him. Or, like, say yeah. if, if McNair's there or Wings there, they're in position or they're in space where we can utilise them and get the ball forward again. But we don't, we just stand still. So it's like, Clayton will get the ball. And a fine example of this, when he got the ball at the weekend, we were on the counter-attack, and then he, he had to go and do the run himself because no one else was with him. Just very, like, sort of... Yeah, where he um, turned into, like... A little dummy. Yeah, where he turned into, like... Um, and go all can't they? Um but it's 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 that whole movement side of things we just don't have enough movement within the midfield to actually cause an impact and um, I think a good team will probably tear us apart eventually I think we're just we're just not there yet but we did see a little change in formation at the weekend appreciate we did go all three at the back we'll fire the back because they had like four or five strikers on the <laughs> yeah. pitch at the end <laughs> Um, but Liam Davies actually submitted the question. He said, three at the back, we start to dominate and create chances. Um, do you think we should probably revert to a three at the back? Obviously, we we only really revert to a three at the back because of like their formation. It was more of a reactive substitution rather than a, mm. a proactive one. But we did actually look quite comfortable at three at the back, to be fair. Would you consider moving there? We've said it in the past. We wouldn't be kind of averse to it. Um, but I think it's maybe just numbers um, of doing it. We don't have... Um, that many senior centre backs, full backs as well. If if uh, George is still going to be out, so it could cause a lot of injury headaches and, and rotation headaches. Oh, fair enough. I was going to say I was just jumping on with what 
uh, Ben said as well, and he said as we'll get um, defensively got Middlesbrough right now in terms of tactics side of things. It seems like at home we've improved a little bit defensively. Um, we're starting to become a bit more of a rock. Um, can you see the, the changes that he's making, or is it you just think, oh well, we just got just because we had big dazzling goals? So you could look at it that way, to be fair. But um, I don't know. I think it's just all about being settled. I, mean, I know there's been a, quite a few changes. We've had a few injuries: House and Friend, Coulson, Fry, Ayala. That's five defensive injuries. Um, obviously, that's that's gonna you know kind of take its toll a little bit, but. Um, I'm not really sure whether um, this is going to be our defence going forward. I think once Coulson's back or Housen or fr- even Friend, I don't know whether they'll be replaced. But um, potentially, yeah, I, th- I still think, again, it's early days to, to say we are um, far unbeaten. But you saw in the last game against Bristol City, two really, really poor goals to concede. Um, but it will come with time that you know we'll start to get a little bit stronger and I think that that Reading game will do massive um, massive boost to the confidence because once you grind out those results um, that's kind of what happens because that's a, a really really big win it, it looked and felt like a big win didn't it it did um, everyone was celebrating I did a Gareth South proper good Gareth Southgate oh. salute <laughs> I wish that I could have it on video and give I didn't, it I didn't, I didn't see you run on the pitch and do like the three arms <laughs> <going. Get> <laughs> no it was just the one actually so we'll say it was a, it was Le- a Leo started doing that now uh, it's pretty good at the end he comes over to the south stand and does it um, it's really good he used to do that before didn't he what the the big way he chaps in his chest and goes ah yeah, yeah, yeah. he so loves no, it no one can see me doing this but I'm doing the Leo salute yeah, in the, he, in the he, podcast he room it. but um, there's a couple of players that impressed me actually on, in the game against Redden um, and one of them was put in team of the week and it was Dick Steele um, you know, I thought was we actually starting to see what we we bought from Charlton. He, he did look quite good. Um, I thought I thought he was really impressive on Saturday. I actually thought Mac Buller was okay too. Um, imp- improved performance. I think Lewis Wayne exposed him a little bit more. But Dick Steele, were you happy with his performance? Seeing I, the improvements, I think both him and, and Buller have, have got a bit better. Yeah, I think week on week they're improving. Um, I don't know whether like we've been saying it's hesitant hesitancy um from them before, but yeah, I was quite impressed with them, especially them linking up together on that right side between um, Johnson, McNair and, and Dyke Steele were a lot better. Yep. Yeah, I thought Dyke Steele was better than Baller. Um, Baller's positioning frightens me a little bit. It's he it, it comes too narrow. He comes far too narrow. That's probably the only thing. Um, but Dyke Steele, yeah, I think he started quite... Um, it was a shaky start, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it was. The first like, 10 minutes, I was a bit like, what's he yeah. doing? And then, and then he really improved. Um, I think he, he, gave, he gave the ball away, didn't he, at one point, and then he he managed to kind of uh, undo that, that error and get back and win the ball back, which yeah. I think gave him confidence to then, you know, his performance was a little bit better after that. But um, hopefully that's kind of what we want to see from him, and, and he'll improve on that, and he'll keep that going. The same with Bolo as well. Mm, I hope so. Um, I just don't. I really just don't want Hayden Coulson to go back in at left back. I just think he's going to be a winger. I just like think that he's that's his that should be his natural position. But if he comes back in, he comes back in and plays left back. Plays left back. Well, that's why yeah. I'd like to see us play three, three at the back. One three, player four, three. wing backs. Yeah, and then more fluid yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. See, being campaigned that sense of Gary Monkey or me. But that's that's one I forgot to mention. Obviously, when you kind of asked me the question about three at the back, I, I kind of only said friend. But obviously with Coulson as well, you'd have three. Um, standard centre halves, and you'd, 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 that's what I mean. You'd have three choices at left back if someone does get injured. You've, you've still got two. It's obviously both friend and Colson out at the moment. That's why I don't think we'll do it. Mm. Um, but it would be good to see a three at the back with um, Dyke Steele and, and Colson. 
No, fair enough. Um, Joseph Coombs sent an email. Uh, an email. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Does anybody <laughs> send emails anymore? <laughs> well, he's gone back to, to the, 2000. You know what, Jenny? You, all, you have no idea. I send emails every single day. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Ryan Shotton. Um, does he unwarrant any criticism, like unwanted criticism? Or does he get too much criticism um, for that matter? Um Appreciate the start of the season. He was absolutely brutal. Like pre-season, he was absolutely brutal. Um, but the last couple of games, he's improved a little bit. And do you think he's? I think, I think he's improved along with the team. And I think it's it's what you were saying, Dan. I think calmness. So if you look at the past three home games, yeah, we've conceded one. Um, you know, we've conceded a lot of chances still um, to all three teams in that time. Um, but he's, I think, he's become a lot more composed um in his position because obviously he wasn't he wasn't playing there last season but I think he's become a lot more composed playing there you can see in that Luton game he was he was all over the place and not used to playing there but um yeah he's definitely improved week on week but I think you know the majority of the team have so who would you be your, def- your defensive pairing would it just be Ayala and uh, Dill Fry I don't know judging over the past couple of weeks I'd probably have to say Shotton and, and Fry but I think mm. I think either or for me with Shotton and, and you know Ayala. What I feel about uh, Danny Ayala anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I suppose it depends on the the opposition. I think obviously with Cardiff coming up, they've got Flint and Morrison in um, in defence, and they've yeah. got Glatzel up front as well. I think he's about six foot two. Yeah, yeah. Um, horrible team, Cardiff. Yeah, they're they're a tall team. I think uh, Jonathan Wilgate said we have to play on stilts. In the game I can't wait for a nil on Aidan Flint goal. By the way, ninety oh, third minute or something. Yeah. That's, Mm. Honest to God, I hate Neil Warnock as well. <laughs> I absolutely hate him. With an absolute passion. He's just one of those managers. If he was the manager of your football club, you'd love him, but he's not. Um, do, you know what, do you know what I felt like there? I felt like, do you know what, seeing that um, video I put on last night where it was um, that guy who talks about Sadio Mane. Oh, Red he, Men TV. Liverpool's yeah. like Arsenal fan TV equivalent. Yeah, yeah and he goes, he goes uh, if you only had bottles, she'd be your uncle. But she doesn't, so she's not. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And he goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sadio Mane, best player in the world. Um, <laughs> 10 out of 10, Scouse accent there. <laughs> I, know. I can probably do one as well if, if I try. But um, there is a player I want to chat about, and even though I've chatted about a few of them, um, but Lewis Wing. Um, the boy that was literally our hope and saviour last year under Tony Pulis, and if I'll come to Tony Pulis in a second, I never thought I'd actually speak about Tony Pulis again, but I'm going to. So here we are. Um, Lewis Wing, I'm going to put some stats, uh, and I pulled it from Borough Farm as well, so thank you, Borough Farm, for that. Um, 79% pass accuracy throughout the season so far, with 256, 258 passes, um, when 206 of them have been completed. His actual form rate in 70%, which is the 8th highest in the squad. Um, last year, Lewis Wing broke on the scene. And we absolutely loved, everyone loved him um, under Tony Pulis. But his performances of late have got a lot of criticism. Um, is Lewis Wing suffering a little bit from second season syndrome at all? And potentially getting found out? Or is this formation that will get implemented actually exposing Lewis Wing as a footballer? I don't like him in that deep line midfield role. I think that's it. I think, although he has the vision for it, because um, I think he spared a really good ball forward for Matt Bowler um, against Reading, he, I just think he would benefit from being a little bit more further forward. Yeah. And to be fair, statistically, I was looking into them yesterday on who scored, and he, for like like passes and uh, shots and interceptions, tackles, whatever, he's, he's ranked fairly high. Um but it just doesn't seem he just doesn't seem to be clicking really in in the role, and 
it's a massive shame because I do like winging. You know, his kind of uh, rise from non-league is is admirable, and I just don't I don't like him in that deep deep line midfield position. No, I agree. Um, I think even though we were playing the three in midfield last year, um, because we had about six centre midfielders on the pitch, it allowed him to get forward more and be the one that was influencing play higher up the pitch because the ones that were playing wing backs anyway in Housen and Savile were were cutting in. Um, John Obi Mikel was kind of the one that was you know picking up the ball and playing playing those passes which wings now are doing. So it allowed Wink to be kind of on the edge of the box and almost playing like a, a cam position. So I think this year he's suffering from just the way that he's having to play a different role completely in midfield um, and kind of having to do the same as Shotton, but he's not... Uh, sorry, the same as Shotton. The same as uh, McNair, but he's just not doing that on the other side. Um, so it's... That's what worries yeah. me a little bit. I, I feel as though teams will find us yeah, out because we, we keep going down yeah. that same side and doing that. I think yeah. we'll become quite over-reliant on that side and as soon as we get doubled up on or whatever, then what have we got? You know, I think the balance, we need to have balance between the left and the right and um, that's where Lewis Wing comes in. Yeah, He's always out of position as well, which doesn't help. Um, I, I, I touched on it like the last podcast over like the last few like months really. His positional play is just really poor. Um, just, it, I felt like he exposed Mark Bowler a lot at the weekend. Um, he just seemed like he was either five yards too deep or five yards too, like, too far up the pitch, which like Bowler can't like Bowler doesn't know where to play because he's essentially he's either playing left back with him or he's playing left left wing with him. He, like he has no like freedom to get players across uh, the pitch, but. I don't know. I'm not. I've been overly impressed with Lewis Swing at all this season. Um, appreciate like he might score a casual wingy banger, and we'll all will be forgiven. But apart from that, like I haven't really seen much to be happy with at the minute. Yeah. I think that's just my honest opinion. But if I was a manager now, I'd be looking at George Savile and be saying, "Well, oh yeah, crack on." Like chance, I thought yeah. Savile played quite well when he came on. You know, he took in a couple of men. He was looking forward, thinking. Looked like he was starting to click, like the whole team was. Um, and that so him and McNair both play that position for for Northern Ireland, don't exactly. they? So they might be able to kind of link up well together if they have a decent run together. To be fair, though, McNair, sorry, not McNair. Savile wasn't overly impressive against Millwall, and I thought he might be because oh, yeah. it's against his former club. But I think the thing that's going for me at the moment, despite his like um, poor performances, is the fact that Savile is kind of in the same position where he's not really performing. Mm. And there's there's no one else after them really, unless it's well, how, how, not obviously Housen at the moment, but Tav Housen. I don't think Tav game passes Tav yeah. by. I mean that that game against um, at the Riverside, the Crew. final preseason. Oh, no. no, the final preseason game. Who did we play? Uh, Saint Etienne. Yeah, he, he just he got completely bypassed. I didn't even remember that he was there to be honest. Poor Tav. But uh, what you were saying there about um, wing. Um, Potentially scoring a casual wingy banger. I can't see it coming from open. <laughs> um, I can't see it coming from open play um, because of you know him not fulfilling the role that he's supposed to um, and and being effective in play. Mm-hmm. So it's only going to come from a set piece and it's going to come back out to him if he's he's on the edge of the box or something. So I, yeah. d- I just can't. See it really affecting it. Yeah, I don't really want to slate. I don't really, really want to slate Lewis Wing to be honest, because like what he did last season. Yeah. But it's also very early this season as well mm-hmm. to be too critical on a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just the expectation but, that we've had on him now from like over the last 
six, what was that, 12, 16 months. That's what I mean. I don't think it's solely down to him um, as well. I think it's like, as we were saying, it's down to the position that he's in, um, in midfield. So I think it's a kind of mix of both. So You can't knock his work rate as well. Yeah. You can't knock that. Yeah, he always looks knackered after like 16 minutes. He does. I, I, don't know where he, I don't know where he takes it. I don't know though whether that's just his body language. Because a lot of people think that the laziest. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't need to do a, a tunch eye Stanley if he, you know, if there's no chance of him getting the ball, he's not going to waste energy. Oh, um, I used to love it. I mean, it was class. No, it was class on tunch eye, don't it? But you know, if you don't have the stamina levels of of a wild haired Turkish man, then <laughs> then you know what I mean. You're not going to run about willy nilly. It's just it's just silly. He's just going to tire himself out if he's just going con- to continue to chase the back foot. Um, I used to love that from Tunja, you know. He used to just run the whole length of the pitch and everyone used to go, he'd, they'd, they'd move it from, from right back to centre back to left back and he'd follow it the whole way and he'd yeah. be absolutely knackered after. Yeah, but he'd, he'd do it again 20 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when someone used to start singing, like one person, then I'll stand, you just sing Tunja, you are my Turkish delight, just by himself. And I was like, <laughs> why? Well, why? That's not good. To be fair, that is a pretty decent chant I quite like it yeah. yeah we had the Pompey one for him didn't we you know the Pompey tune what oh, play up Pompey play up Pompey but play up Tunjai Sanley no oh, Tunjai Sanley play up Tunjai <laughs> 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 I prefer the Turkish Delight one to be honest yeah it's great isn't it hey why don't we just get Tunjai on the podcast I don't think you speak a lick of English if I'm honest <laughs> <laughs> I mean if I mean if we get a translator then Albeit, I'd, get, I'd love to get Tunjai on. <laughs> Google Translate. Uh, imagine that. This yeah. podcast brought you by Google Translator. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's chat about Cardiff, actually. Um, I know it's early doors, but let's chat about it. Borough players at Cardiff at the minute. Lee Tomlin, starting to get back on the fold. And Neil Warnock, after his year out playing golf. Um, Joel Bennett and Aidan Flint, who just moved from Middlesbrough in the summer. Those three players... Um, I would, I would like to say they all give us great memories. Lee Tomlin was a, a fantastic memory. His his turn against Vincent Company um, when he hit the post, which I think if that went in, that would be one of the greatest goals of all time. Um, his goal against Brentford when it took a massive, it took a bit of deflection, but it went in. Did it? Was, it? Oh yeah, it did didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it wasn't. It was a good goal. And the three 0 victory. Um, Lee Tomlin, he just he looked like he was he should never be a good footballer, but he was. Um, do you think Lee Tomlin could actually ever play in this new system under under Jonathan Mugget or do you think nah, he's, he's had it now I miss Lee Tomlin he's got the flair and the, the creativity for yeah. it I don't what? think in a, a 4-3-3 because I think he was maybe the same thing as Wing um, I think a 4-2-3-1 suits him better he needs that hole to drop into Yeah. what was your favourite memory out of Lee Tomlin was it the Brentford goal? Was it the the Man City turn? Was it? I think. It's was a, it the games where he just turned to Maradona from out, out of nowhere? I think the ones that you always see kind of um, report all over social media is obviously the the goal and the turn. But I think that turn's just just class. Just for what it was, I can't believe he didn't score that. I mean, I know we went on to win the so game unlucky, anyway, but it? it would have just been class if that was like the winning goal. I seen it and it was Mintman. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it it just was. Um, the tweet afterwards as well, didn't it say that he like he, uh, he well, took his washing out and then Vincent com- com- Company was in, in his, his pocket? pocket yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played that really well afterwards. To be so uh, so ironic, by the way, Vincent Company missed his own testimonial through injury. I know. Typical. Lee Tomlin should have just played that night for that turn. Yeah. 
That's so, invaded. it was so unlucky that it hit the post. I know, I always try and rewatch it and hope it goes in. Oh, you've seen those adverts where, like, um, are they, like, betting adverts or something where they'll change the, like, the video so that, like, yeah. if, it, if it misses a goal, like, apparently it'll actually go in. They need to do that on that Tomlin goal so that it actually goes in. It'd go full circle and it'd probably bring Lee Tomlin closure, I think. Because I, I think he sleeps, he, he can't sleep every night because he just thinks, what if, what if that it went in? It is very much one of those moments, it, That could it? have been one of those things for Lee Tomlin where it just set his career off, like, on, like, it, he could have done something in the Prem. You went signed for Bournemouth and did nothing. Mm. It's a shame that. It's a real shame. Yeah, but it was a big part of promotion in playoffs, wasn't he? As yeah. well, that I thought team. it was going to be like perfect for the the Bournemouth team, kind of the way they play as well. But just didn't really get a chance for it, did he? So shame that, isn't it? Joel Bennett, though. Joel Bennett. Yeah, I remember when he. Uh, you, oh, 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 you're not happy with that, are you? Nah. Nah, okay, I'll come, was, on that. Uh, I'll come on that in a second. I'll come yeah. on that in a second. But I remember Joe, uh, Joe Bennett's goal against Burnley. Uh, you remember it when we won 3 1? I was actually at that game. That black kit. Mm hmm. The black kit. I'm not going to lie, Burnley. Is from home or? Yeah, yeah we're from home. I'm not going to lie, Burnley is the worst away day of all time. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, it's like you go back 50, yeah? I've never been, to be honest. But well, well, I have. I'm a time traveller. No, I, I went. <laughs> I went to the one where we uh, we won one nil. Um, it was a proper classic. I talk around Hard game. Brexit game. And honestly, the concourse, the TV that was in the concourse was something <laughs> I, I know, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from two thousand and three. Two th- oh, the olden days for dinner. Two thousand three. Two thousand and three. I thought you were going to say about nineteen eighty there. That was sixteen years ago. Two thousand and three. They had, a, you know what? They had a, they had a PS one. <laughs> <laughs> PS one. All the kids were playing. They, they still have that in the Riverside, by the way. Not what, PS one. Uh, <laughs> the, where the ones put about. Now you can play on the PlayStation. Yeah, no stand. Yeah, no. I think they have it in the family zone as well. Yeah. Right. Cool. Times have changed. When I remember in the North Stand when I was a kid, I'd go on, I'd go into the. Um, the old SM. No, I think I was never at the SM. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember going Riverside when it first opened, and you used to take a big deep breath before you'd actually go in because you'd be like, you go, <gasps> and then you'd have to hold your breath. I love how you had to demonstrate how. To I'll I'll hold my breath for thirty seconds if you want me to, <laughs> um, and then you got it. You have to go up, and you you finally go. <sighs> because of just the amount of smoke. It, yeah. Oh, it's a stink. The Northland, brutal. That's the only stand I've never been in. Well, the north. You only sit right next to the north stand, though. You're in like oh. the northeast corner. Aren't you? Oh no, 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 you're the east. So, family zone. I'm not in the family zone. <laughs> I'm not in the family zone. East and warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get the sun in your eyes on on match day? Oh, yeah, I reckon you're that type of person who has to put their hand over their eyes as well when the ball oh, gets, gets switched. No, <laughs> to be that, fair, you know, love it. Sometimes it doesn't reach me, but yeah, sometimes I have to. Get the get the program. I don't buy the programs anymore, but they would be a good sun buys. I think. Jay, that Tom Green, she doesn't buy your programs anymore. What? Uh-huh. Tom Green selling the programs, isn't he? No, he sells Flammy the Moon. Does he? Yeah. Ah, right. Fake friend. Well, like she doesn't see, buy that. See, she how, she, see how much you know about Tom. She doesn't. She doesn't, Tom. she doesn't buy them either, Tom. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I know you're listening. Um, sell dinner at Flammy the Moon, will you? Um, get Rob involved. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think. I mean, what I was asking about Joe Bennett, yeah. So, yeah. Why did you hate Joe Bennett so much? Just thought he was a terrible player. Um, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I just when you came on to him, I thought oh, in that I, in that era though, you got to think like on that Mogger era, there wasn't. I know he did bring George Friend through eventually, but I actually thought he was quite good. Well, to be fair, we we should thank Joe Bennett for leaving so that George Friend could take his place. Thanks, Joe Bennett. If it wasn't for Joe, I, there would be no George. <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised that we got six mil for it at the time. Was it? Oh, I thought that yeah. was six probably mil, yeah. that was probably the best deal our recruitment team have ever done. To be fair, Aston Villa did get us back for Rudy. Yeah, just stepped all right, in yeah. There, eventually, that's, that's where they're done us over. Yeah, but I couldn't believe when we got six mil. I was like, we've we've had their eyes out there. And, uh, someone submitted a question after this week saying, would you? Um, chip in for Rudy Gestead's release clause, like to, release to get clause. get him released. I probably, release contract. I probably would, yeah. Not on that type of money, to be honest. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, if sort of there was a um, petition put out and everyone had to put in like ten or something, I'd. I'd You've proper changed, more. you. You've really changed, poor Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the like the one player I'd love to have on this podcast. Didn't he play for Cardiff? No, I think. I I'm, not, I'm not sure. He played for Blackburn. Yeah. Search it. Well, I start. think um, he uh, wouldn't want to anyway. I, I think he knows that the fans have kind of <laughs> turned him anyway. Because after the um, Wigan game, I stayed behind uh, with my nephew and we kind of got a few pictures and, and stuff with uh, all the players. But Rudy was just the actually there was Rudy and oh, was it, uh, Savile. Rudy and Savile were the only two out of all the team who just walked off completely and just ignored everyone. Yeah, um, they've both been listening in. They so, know. No, they're, they're just like people were shouting them and stuff, and they just completely ignored everyone. Um, walked past. I just wanted to go on. The people as well. No I, under, no, I understand that, but it's kind of you know people are stood there waiting for an hour. It's it's one of them. Like everyone else, I've comes never got that. You know, never understood it. Never understood like waiting outside the ground for an hour. It's more more for kids, really, isn't it? And people doing. I know, if I had kids, I'd be like, nah, you can just. I'm a horrible person, Anna. Yeah, it's meeting <laughs> kind of. I mean, not sort of the same because you don't have kind of superstars in the team now. But um, you know, I, I think the closest. But I mean, my nephew's favourite players, Asan Belonga. Obviously, usually goal scorers are kind of flair yeah, players, isn't true. it? But it, it's one of them. You you want to kind of meet them and get a picture with them, you know, get an autograph, whatever. And yeah. um, no, no one ever wants to go. They're just a height, do they? Exactly. No, but it, so. you know, they want to get pictures with kind of their heroes and send someone for their team, and even though they are. Just people at the end of the day, out, you know, you can tell obviously they want to go and stuff, but they kind of have to go and see the fans and stuff like that. So, but obviously, Rudy just completely walked off. He just ignored everyone, and it just made people a little more. So, I was going to say I want Rudy in this podcast because he might he'd be able to sit down with us and actually explain everything that's went on. And you know what? Like it might be one of those things where it's been massively misunderstood and overplayed by the media, which it probably has. To be fair. Maybe. Nine times out of ten, it's been massively blown up by, like... The Gazette or what something. has the... I just, like, the whole Rudy thing, like... Oh, I thought you meant Newport. Well, that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, well, it all stems to that Newport game, and I don't even think you had anything to do with it. So, like... Hmm. It's, mm. like, kind of one of those things where you think, oh, well, he's probably really unfortunate. It's like, well, okay, like, don't get me wrong, like, some of his performances are absolutely brutal, but, like, I actually want him on the podcast. Rudy, if you're listening... Come on the podcast. We did ask him and he blanked us. Yeah, there you go. One more reason. <sighs> One more reason. Just, you know what? Just because you broke up, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, I've just looked. He did play. He did play for Cardiff. He so. did. See, he's going to come on and yeah. score. Another reason to hear. He's going to come on and score, and then give Neil Ward a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> See, but Aidan Flint, though, as I kind of round this off, really, before we move on to Cardiff officially, were you a little bit disappointed about Aidan Flint? 
because I expected so I much. I think Aidan Flint was disappointed with Aidan Flint, to be honest. <laughs> last season, I don't think he was proud of, <laughs> proud of himself. So, what did he score one goal? I don't think it was three. Uh, all I can remember was the Sheffield United one. That was it, first yeah, home yeah. game one of the year. season. That's brutal. Though. It's a shame, really. I expected so much. Like I thought, Tony Pulis, Danny Ayala, Aidan Flint. If we don't score from a set piece, did you see the the clip when kind of we first um, signed Flint, and it was. Um, uh, a clip from the Inbetweeners, uh, and it said, <laughs> "It said, do, we, uh, do I put the balls in as well?" Um, <laughs> and then it was basically just uh, about at night. We're saying Adama Traore asking Pulis, um, <laughs> "What you know should he get crosses in for, for Flint and uh, <laughs> and Ayala?" And that was like that a dream. aged really well, didn't it? Yeah, Traore, Ayala, and Flint would have just been an absolute dream. Just imagine it. Well, to be fair, Ayala did score a few goals. Yeah. And that like half season under Pulis, and then the full season, it, I don't know what happened. Yeah, do you see that um, thing about Tony Pulis this week? Um, he's on goals on Sunday. He chatted about Millsbury and he chatted about Woodgate as well. Did you just watch it? I put, yeah, it, I put it in I the chat it. last night. I, s- I saw it. No, I didn't I do didn't. your homework, Elliot. Thought no, you I wouldn't. No. Thought you wouldn't. Um, well, anyway, Tony Pulis, he was actually very nice about Mills Football Club. He looks like he loved the area. So to remind, be fair, though, he's always been like you know, that. South Wales in the fifties and sixties. Like I knew what it'd be like in the fifteen, sixteen, stuff. In two thousand and three. In two in two thousand and three. Am I getting absolutely am I getting pelters here for saying two thousand and three? Yeah. Not everyone's thirty. Neither are we. I need that yeah, that gif where it's like the joke above your head. What? I don't get it. It just went above your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Aidan Flint. Oh, I was just saying. Yeah, you were saying. You he's, just he's said something about Wales in the. No, no, no. Actually, to be fair, I'm moving on to Tony Pulis. Like Aidan Flynn, like you were just a waste of money. Right, just um, right, okay. But Tony Pulis himself, though, he was like really complimentary of the area and stuff. And do you think it was just more one of those things where everyone just hated him for his football, but really he was probably one of the, he was actually a great man manager. Well, well, you've, well, never, you've never heard one bad thing come out of him from the club, like one. Well, Dimmy pa- said he was a good man manager, didn't he? When yeah. uh, when we was, when he was on the podcast, but. I went, man, that football was diabolical. Yeah, I'm saying, like, it's, it's, it's the difference, though. It's not just football, though, is it? It's kind of philosophy of where he could have left the club if you give someone like that a six-year contract. Where's it going to yeah. leave the club? The state of the club after that. Um, what did you say? Did you say the club's in a massive state? No, I wouldn't or? say now because we were only there was only a season and a half. Do you know what I mean? But he kept banging on about how he hadn't spent that much money when really <laughs> he blew he had. thirty mil. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't ever get it. And he's like, oh, but we sold Traore and Bamford. And you're like, well, yeah, nice one. But you still went out and signed players for seven mil, five mil, whatever. So it's like me going to the casino, losing all my cash, and just putting more money on, saying, no, nah, well, I yeah. didn't. Lose Imagine it. if you had the budget of what Woodgate had to spend. Do you know what I mean? It's nothing. So never been yeah. relegated though. I wouldn't be surprised if you end up at Stoke. Nathan Jones is just not cutting the mustard. At, at then I can't believe like how bad they're doing. Mm. To be honest. To be fair, they kind of like they remind me of us when when we went down. They'll mm. be in there for a long, long time. The God, mm. I feel like they're currently tenuring the Gordon Strachan era. Yeah. Mm. Poor stock. And Huddersfield <laughs> as well have been awful, haven't they? Yeah. I think, I think they've. I think they'd be fine. Yeah. Cowley's brothers will sort them right out. Yeah. I think they'd be fine. Good, good appointment from them for that. Yeah. Um. But in terms of Cardiff, though, they haven't really. Been that good so far? Are you a little bit su- surprised by how they've started? You, are you expecting them to be, be a bit further up the 
the table. Yeah, they've they've had a few injuries. Three. Like um, I think that's kind of hampered them a little bit. I watched them against Derby; they were very very average, um, and I was quite surprised actually. They they didn't really seem all that clued up going forward. Um, which is weird because they have um, is it Josh Murphy or Jacob Murphy? I swear I've ah, one of the one of the Murphy twins. They have uh, Nathaniel Mendes Lang as well. So they've got pace and they've got wing you know wing players that you know we don't have. Um, and you know they didn't really have much of an outlet to be honest. I thought they 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 scored a penalty um, and it was uh, Robert Glatzel that scored it, who funnily enough scored a hat trick against us in pre season. So. Um, it ter- <laughs> things you don't want to see. Oh, it's it scares me a little bit because now that he's up and running, um, he'll be kind of looking at this game against us and thinking, right, this is where I can really start to kind of kick off my Cardiff career because I, I know that I can score against them because I scored a hat trick past them in pre season. Yeah, so, but I think it's different though. I think we didn't. Do we have like loads of kids on the second? In that I can't game? even remember. I think we. It was one of the earlier games in pre season, so it was a bit less of a, a stronger team, but. Yeah, nonetheless, it was a. Uh, you'd you'd probably have to say the second division in Germany. Um, looking at it is probably of a low quality, from my opinion. Of we the still second lost division him. here, and he's <laughs> came. He's yeah, but he's he's came to a team that's just came down from the Premier League, so he surely have better players around him than what he did at Heidenheim. So mm. yeah, have an extra incentive this season. It's Neil Warnock's last year in charge. He's gonna go off into the sunset and retire and hopefully I'll never ever see his face in a dugout again um, someone's feeling very strongly about Neil oh, honest to god man I can't stand him I, like if he was a borough manager he'd, I'd love him I'd love, he's like all Brexit football just horrible to play against always gets results um, but it just makes you hate him even more when you're not like He's not your team. He's not manager of your team. I do like when we he have an awful record against him as well. When he told uh, Nuno Espirito Santo to help <laughs> <laughs> when he was trying to shake his hand off. Bit of class. Class. Do you think they have an extra incentive to do well this season? I guess so, but I could have the opposite effect. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like. Now, um, when teams come down, you look at kind of the bookies' favourites, and obviously all three of the um, relegated teams are always up there. But no one really bets on them because it's kind of like you think a lot of them are going to do, you know, Huddersfield, Stoke, kind of haven't started well themselves. A lot of teams that come down and struggle to adjust. Um, it's only if you've kept an absolutely unbelievable team like West, that's far like that's West far Brum. too good. Yeah, um, like Fulham and Fulham, Newcastle, yeah. uh, twice have came down and their team was far too good for the championship. Um. Yeah. So it, I think the. I don't really know. It's it's early days. I've only had two wins. Um. So far. So it's not it's not great. Um. They are missing Marlon Pack. I think in the middle of midfield. I was very surprised that Bristol City let him go in the summer. But um. Yeah. The midfield against Derby just didn't have any bite in it whatsoever. And I think he provides that. And thankfully for us, he's not back for the Borough game. So Good. or at least I don't think massive he is. fan of Marlon Pack. Yeah. Um, I, again, I was really just really surprised that they let him go. It was kind of a surprise one because I, I was looking at it and it was a late signing. I think it might have actually been deadline day, um, and I was very surprised that they got rid of him. But um, I think they had Bakuna in midfield and he was awful against Derby. Mm. Speaking about since you're going off on a tangent about Cardiff, do you wanna do you wanna break Cardiff down, you two? Oh, I've just done it. I've just done my part there. Um, so obviously we've already talked about. Some of the the signings, um, obviously Marlon Pack um, for seven hundred thirty four thousand. I thought you were going to say so. what a bargain. Seven hundred fifty million I mean, for it's, Sam Byron. It's, uh, very, 
It's a very um, exact number as well. But uh, he must be like thirty or something. Twenty-eight. So finish. <laughs> oh no! Every time, every, every time, time I say twenty-eight. Um, yeah. So Marlon <laughs> Pack, uh, Robert Glatzel, um, as we already said, five point four million from Heidenheim. Um, Flint four mil. Um, Will Volks, but he's out injured as well, I yep. believe. So two um, big central midfield um, kind of injuries there. Um, two million for him. Um, Gavin White from Oxford, um, right winger. I think Oxford just just love selling wingers. Is what what happens? To all, yeah, what happens to yeah. all their wingers? They just sell them on between. Um, and other than that, the only one I could see Isaac Fassell, who we were once linked with of, of uh, Birmingham. Oh, is that um, where he ended up? <laughs> yeah, so he's, uh, he's here now. Um, so, I, I was saying to you, obviously, before the podcast started, only 13 mil spent. I thought it would have been a bit more. Um, kind of in terms of outgoings, um, kind of almost recouped that. I was absolutely baffled by this one, but Kenneth Sahar didn't know he went for 8 million to West Brom. What? Which was... I eight, thought that was... 8 mil? Did you say 8 million earlier? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise. Yeah. I wouldn't pay eight pence. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh, Bruno Ecule Manga. Um they went to Dijon um for one point eight mil. Um Camarasa left as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Camarasa's he um, was on loan, he went to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um also Kadeem Harris um left for Chef Wed. No one else really. Aaron Gunnar uh went to a team in the Qatar Stars League. Great um, league. Great league that <laughs> you watch it every week, do you? <laughs> yeah. You said that with such seriousness as such well. Conviction, yeah. Um yeah, so that's kind of in terms of their incomings and outgoings. Um but you know, it's not kind of I thought they would have come down and obviously with having the parachute payments straight up absolutely go crazy um on the team. But they've kept obviously a lot of the players as well. It's a pretty strong team. Um not much to kind of note with that. I think the the main one is is Glatzel, um after seeing what he did to us in preseason. So I don't want to say it, but he looked bad against Derby. He doesn't look like. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll end don't it there. Jinx actually. it. The, I, well, the I think we know that he's gods. definitely going to score. The footballing gods have been notified for that. Thank you very much. Um, well, I'll take the assist then. <laughs> I'll take the FPL points for that. <laughs> yeah, your FPL did absolutely horrendous this week. Did you? Oh, I honestly. I got 28 points. Average, yeah. 20. I am doing great this season, so you can't call me a specialist anymore. How are we getting on in our own league? Um, Rubbish. I haven't, I haven't checked, I haven't checked, I haven't checked that league, um, but there's a good number of people inside that will be very high. I'll have to check on it and see where Yellow Boston is as well. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we've got Yellow Boston in it. I so, love it. I absolutely love it. I hope he's high up. I have to say, Not well, I, I, I really hope that I'm above Yellowvossen. I'll be fine and content if I'm above Yellowvossen. Why? Just because you're Because it's Yellowvossen. I know. And I'm, I'm going to have a look, actually, tonight and, and tweet him if we're above him. If there's one player you can bring back from that season, that 15, 16 season, who would you actually bring back? Yellowvossen. Yellow. Kicker. Uh-huh. I could do a full... We should do I mean, a full podcast full about that season. What? I could talk about it for ages. 15, 16 special. Or 14, 15. Yeah, they were two one. great seasons, weren't they? And happy birthday, Ito Karanka. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Ito. Yeah. So, well, for that reason, I'm very happy. Uh, <laughs> for this, I'm happy. Coming John Swiftly back to Cardiff. Um, oh, no, he didn't. Just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just drop the red in, Bob. Um, yeah, 4-2-3-1. 
um, they play. Um, Lee Tomlin obviously can't play in the hall, but I, we were obviously talking before the podcast. We don't know whether he's injured. He missed the last match. Yeah, he, um, he was in a car accident. He got whiplash, which is why he was out. Jesus like. Christ. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> 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 just, just changed the whole... <laughs> Taking the back that, that died, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Killed it. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, he's probably going to miss the game. Um, obviously, Glatz will be up front. Callum Patterson dropped into that um, camp position. Um, Gavin White and Jake. Was it, was it Jacob Murphy you said who was there? Not, it's one of them. <laughs> I don't know the other ones at Sheffield Wednesday. Right, okay. Um, Leandro Bacuna and Joe Rawls, um, currently in the two centre midfield positions. So they've got great depth there as well. With obviously, not Will Vokes and Marlon Pack still not playing yet. Yeah, I think so. I think they look good. I think they're, they're a good side. Um, they really surprised me when they got promoted in the, the season that they did. Yeah, yeah. And they were unfortunate to get relegated last year. I think a lot of decisions didn't go their way yeah there was um, what the big one in that Chelsea few, game was few, it yeah, yeah. And I think they were just unfortunate but they're one of those teams where you think well if they came down now can you see them going up this year I think they're going to be in and around it I mm. think the, they've got this, the squad there they've got the, uh, they've got the manager there to to get them up up the league um, he'll probably want to go, on, go off in style as well um, I think it's going to be a really difficult game for us to be honest I know we'll get said I'm going to have to play with Stilton but I think they're just going to they're just come Gonna come in. Well, we're gonna go there. They're gonna try and frustrate us. Long throws into the box, corners, two foot Paddy McNair, um, <laughs> let him know he's there early. It's gonna be a horrible game. I wouldn't be surprised if we got beat 2 0, to be mm. honest. Yeah. Not gonna be, that's not gonna be a prediction score, but it wouldn't surprise me if the, 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 the twatters. Um, rounding off the squad then, so Joe Bennett, left back, um, Aidan Flint, Sean Morrison, Lee Peltier, and Alex Smith. He's in goal. Oh, well, Lee Peltier's still around. Didn't he play at Leeds like 10 years ago? No, 2003. Yeah, that's probably when he was at Leeds. That, oh, man, that TV that was ago. definitely from 2003. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to Burnley, so I don't know. Johnny's gone. It was definitely from 2003. I mean, we should tweet Burnley after this and ask it's, him. It's the Barnsley one that gets me. When the bar- <laughs> they have a TV, then they have like a, a box over the TV, <laughs> so you can't like throw shit at it. Absolutely mental. Like, uh, you, yeah. I've dropped it. Sorry. Apologies you did it last if week. If anyone as was well. offended by uh, my language, uh, sorry. You did it last week as well. Shocking. Off yeah. com, it wasn't me. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. Did I, I actually haven't. say it last week? Yeah. Dave's going to be on me. Johnny. Dave's going to kill me. <laughs> that look. <laughs> that was there. I'm like not angry. Bad. I'm disappointed first. Um, no one can see it, but. Okay, all right, okay, come on. We've, got, we've got eight minutes left. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? We ran about TVs in Burnley. Let's uh, swiftly move on. Um, the results um, so far for Cardiff, like I said, they had two wins um, that came against Luton and Huddersfield, both 2 1. Um, they've been beat by uh, Reading 3 0, um, been beat by Wigan 3 2, um, and then drew 0 um, 0 with Blackburn. Uh, and then I've I guess two good draws in the last two games against Fulham and Derby. Two teams you expect to be up there, so sometimes pretty mixed. You, sometimes your team plays better when you play in better opposition as well, don't they? Yeah. You feel more incentivized to win the game. Uh, if I was Jonathan Woodgate, you've got to try and play like behind the behind the centre backs. You've just got to try and play quick into play passing, get in behind and try and score. That's I think that's the only way, only way we're going to do it. I don't think we'll score from a set piece. I don't even think we... I mean, this is what we were saying, obviously, about being kind of one-dimensional and getting it out on that side. And, and McNair can whip in a decent ball, but 
I feel like, is that going to work this weekend? It comes out on McNair, he whips it in, and there's Sean Morrison and Aidan Flint there. It's against Brit. <laughs> it's mm. not, a, not a good way to go about it, so I kind of agree with you there. Defending corners is is going to be a, a challenge because we have been poor from We'd them this struggled season. struggled against uh, Matt Smith yeah. um, in that Millwall game, trying to deal with him, so it's, it is going to be And then the two out, against uh, Bristol City. Yeah. So crosses into the box, corners, set pieces, and Dill Fry, his physicality against Flynn might be a little bit of a, a worry or concern. We're just going to have to two-footed and Flynn early doors, aren't we? Yeah, just going to just gonna have to get someone to run on the pitch, pay them, punch him straight up. And Rudy Gustad. Yeah. Rudy Gustad. R- Rudy hasn't even been in the... Injured. Has he? Okay. Yeah. I think he's back for this game. Right. Yes. Um, let's do your lineups and predictions before because we, we have to start wrapping things up. Um, lineup, Dana. Um, and we'll do your score prediction as well. To be honest, I think just because we're far unbeaten, I don't see any reason to change. I'll keep it the same. But I'm hoping that you know our defence it's <laughs> matches um, Flint and Morrison because otherwise I'd just throw Daniel Ayala in there for good measure. Okay. But I'll, I'd keep it unchanged. My prediction... Well, I think Robert Glatzel's obviously going to score now that I've jinxed it. So I'll go I'll go 1-1. One, one. And my dad is gone for 3-2, Borough. 3-2? Oh, yeah. Not 3-1 by Daly. This is the biggest shot <laughs> since <laughs> that 2003 TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone 3-2. No, really, I am really shocked that. I was expecting you just to say straight up there, 3-1. Well, I when he said it. it to me, he said 3, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I already know what you're going to say. And then he said 2. 2. <laughs> he threw a curveball in there. I'd love to see your dad in like this, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I want him on the podcast. <laughs> I want him on the podcast. He's He'll make an appearance someday. Right, okay, fine, it, deal. Yeah. Okay. Just, just make sure I'm not a... <laughs> um, <laughs> else, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Davey. Love you, really. I feel like... I'm what was inclin- that noise? <laughs> I don't know. Uh? I feel like I'm inclined to agree um, on the lineup. Uh, apart from perhaps... The only two I'd maybe look at changing would be Ayala in for shotting and um, Savile in for wing, but I don't know whether I'd, I'd do it. I don't think they've, you know, warrant. I don't think Shotton definitely warrants it. I think just maybe for tactics um, of dealing with um, Morrison and, and Flint on corners uh, and wing, it's kind of like, is Savile playing that much better than him? So I'd, I'd probably just roll with the same. Um, that them two cha- if them two changes happen, I wouldn't be too surprised. They'd be like the only major, major changes that I think could happen. No, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ayala come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we went with three at the back. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised that. if Ayala, Shotton, and uh, Fry were in, and then we'd play with wing backs of Johnson and um, Dick Steele, and then we'd go with Clayton, Savile, McNair, then Fletcher and Britt up top. Up top, because when you play a three-five-two, you have the ability to be defensive when you haven't got the ball. But also when we're going forward, we have the ability to try and get in and around the defenders and play through balls rather than going for the crosses. Instead, it'll, opt- it'll probably be more optimized better for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve at Cardiff. But maybe one of those games could be one of those games. What's your score prediction? A prediction. I'm going to go for uh, unfortunately a defeat. Um, I kind of agree with you. I think it's going to be a very tough game and when you were saying that I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 2-0 defeat I think it's going to be a tough afternoon for us I'm going to go 1-0 Cardiff 93rd minute header from Aidan Flint 
Then did you say 3-2? No, I went 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Oh. I'll go 1-1 one, one as well. I'll join you at the 1-1 one, one club. Um, Johnny's optimistic this year. Um, I might this just, year? I, I might just do, an, I might just do a, an Ali Brownlee and say 3-0 no for Play as well. Stick stick with it. You can be the next Dave. Love Ali Brownlee. <laughs> oh, so sad, that story. Hmm. Anyway. Right, that wraps things up. Thank you very much, guys. Um, thank you very much for joining me, as always. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, give us a five-star rating um, on Apple Podcasts. Really do appreciate that. I'm hoping if we can get, what, 50, 60 reviews, that'd be absolutely amazing because um, our ranking just flies up for that. Um, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Um, if you had no one follows our page, do give us a follow. We're only three away from 2,000 now on Twitter and very close to 1,000 on Facebook as well. So yeah, start that, liking or following all that kind of stuff, uh, fun stuff. This has been the Darren Randolph Experience. I'm John in with Dan and Elliot. Thank you very much for listening. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out.